Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show, brought to you as always by Keith Barbershop, located in East Rochester, PA. I am Smitty. With me as always, Drew, Joe, what is going on, fellas? What's up, brother? What's up, man? I'm putting about as much effort as Travis Kelsey getting four touchdowns right now. <laughs> what what a wild st- – what was it? Seven for 28? Seven catches, 26 yards, four tutties. Six. I was I was giving him a little bit too much credit with the, the 28. I could also be wrong. I just pulled that out of my ass. So. I thought he had I'm less. Let me give you the official. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I actually want to start there because talk about a really – just. Bad luck on my part this week with tight ends. So I go out with no Kyle Pitts, with no Logan Thomas. I need a tight end for the week. Pick up Taysom Hill, who I can use as a tight end. He doesn't catch a touchdown, but he scores four in this game, gets like 38 points. But I'm going against Travis Kelsey, who nearly matches that. And then Trevor Lawrence gets like 11. Najee Harris gets five. Christian Kirk gets one and a half. Sad I end boy up losing hours. despite having Taysom Hill. Yeah, that sucks. It was 25 yards, by the way. So 25. Okay. Yeah, he was going for the Jerome Bettis special. Remember that game where he had like <laughs> one yard on four carries with three touchdowns? Like, yeah, dude's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Uh, anything that you guys want to want to say about your teams before we dive into it? As far as the week went, there's a very common denominator on teams that I have that suck this year. There's two of them. Um, they all have three of the same four first round picks. Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Kyle Pitts. Mm. I hate my life and yeah. all of those teams. Um, we are either one and four or two and three in each of those. And uh, I am in desperation mode to get the fire sale to try to right the ship here because one and four, you have about a 6% chance of making the playoffs. So, um, How about 0 and 5? To- 0-5, I don't know the numbers <laughs> off the top of my head, but uh, you're going to need to win some games. Yeah, I'm 0-5 in one of our Dynasty Leagues, and Drew texted me this week. He's like, you're really tanking. You're not. You're literally not playing two receivers right now. And I was like, dude, I didn't even look at it. Like, that's, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be that type of person. I did end up throwing in uh, James Prochet for Bateman, um, and I think he had one catch for seven yards, which was actually his first catch on the year, so it was his mo- most productive day, despite wow. that. But I also played Keenan Allen, who didn't play so yeah at this point i'm just looking at uh cj stroud or bryce young which one am i gonna get 
I mean, you picked a good year to tank, I guess, from a dynasty perspective. But from a redraft, <sighs> be like season this. never stops, baby. So let's let's get it. Yeah. Um, a lot of injuries to touch on, Drew. Um, I will let you pick where you want to start here. Um, th- there's some pretty big ones within this, though. Rashad Penny. You said sad boy hours a little too early. Like this one's real tough, real yeah. tough. Yeah, that dude has come back from so much multiple torn ACLs, soft tissue injuries, playing well, broken fibula, and a fractured tibia. This one's concerning, too, because he's I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, and it's going to be tough. Could have been the yeah, last. I think he, he just re-upped on, on a one-year deal there, I believe, in Seattle. Yeah, in the off season. yeah one year, $5.75 million. Um, so he uh, he'll be a free agent going into the season. He'll be twenty seven. Um, I don't imagine a scenario where he's getting more money than he did last year. I think yeah. it's going to be like the the James Connor one year kind of prove it deal in hopes that he can stay healthy and kind of make a splash there. But there's a lot. I don't know if you saw the tweet that came out. It was either today or yesterday, Zach. I'm pretty sure you saw it because you were commenting on it. But there is like a lot of good running backs that are eligible to be free agents this offseason. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. really interesting to see how that shakes out. I was commenting on it to like troll Steeler fans about Najee Harris because Zach said something about, oh, finally, we don't like need a running back. And I was like, are you sure about that? <laughs> um, but Derek's in here and Derek is trying to ruin some se- uh, segments later on in the show right now by asking about Ramondre Stevenson as an automatic start. Uh, I think I'm going to roll with him over Waddle. But then he said, I feel for Penny, but my Ken Walker shares. Greater than, greater than, greater than. Both those things. Yes. They're not as great as you think as Geno Smith is balling right now. Geno Smith, where did, where is Geno Smith this week in our quarterback rankings? Because this dude's been hovering around the top 10 now for like a, a month. He I is say... currently 11th this week. He has okay. a bit of a tougher matchup. Yeah. Um, this week so looking at the quarterback matchups given in the past three weeks um arizona is kind of like a middling matchup it seems like they've struggled more against the run for qbs gino hasn't Mm -hmm. really been running as much as we've seen from him in the years past um but they're very stout against the run um so ken walker is probably going to have a tough week um which is funny because i know in one of my leagues he went for 60 dollars and for fab um which was huge i think i put up 51 because Rashad Penny was my RB2, um, and I'm mm. trying to figure out what I'm going to do with that now. Um, but Arizona's been very stout on defense, um, kind of a middling matchup for uh, for quarterbacks, but they've been a negative matchup for both wide receivers and for running backs. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses. But from a year-long perspective, he's number seven in the league. Um, it's funny because there was expecting to be a lot of – regression on that offense and fear particularly for dk metcalf and tyler lockett with the departure of russ but he's outplayed russell wilson so far so what a story i can't believe he's revitalized his career um this late he was a star at west virginia and really is blossoming into something special there um so it's definitely cool to see yeah i mean it's definitely cool to see i think it's you know right or wrong i think people are probably gonna be questioning it basically all year, you know, we could be getting to like week 17 and 18 and we're going to be like, Oh, is Gino still going to be able to do it? Like, that's just when you are, when you've had the career that he's had, and then all of a sudden put together what he's putting together this year, people are going to be questioning it the entire year, but it is nice yeah. to see also oddly enough that is Derek's starting quarterback. 
So, yeah, right. But for his team, Geno Smith, top five QB season. If you would have played his lineup for DFS the week that they played the Lions, he probably would have been placing in the top. Oh, uh, yeah. Derek, Derek wouldn't be working anymore. <laughs> but real quick, we won't get into all the secret sauce on Ramondre, but I think the biggest thing to point out for him this week is one, uh, you obviously have the Damian Harris injury that Drew will probably touch on in a little bit. Yeah, um, the other right. thing of note is in the last three weeks, Cleveland's allowed 35.6 yards per uh, or fantasy points per game in a full PPR setting. Ramondre had already taken over that receiving role with the injuries to Ty Montgomery and Pierre Strong being hurt. Uh, but now that he's able to go into that full bell cow role, um, I think sky's the limit for him. I believe I had him ranked at number eight this week in my personal RB rankings. I don't know where he ended up in our group list overall. Well, it's about to scroll um, at the bottom. So, but yeah, <laughs> uh, so he ended up it's tied for six. Tied for six. Um, so I had him in the top three. I think. I think I had him third. Yeah, I think I let me see. I mean, we can see here. You had him. No, you had him at seven. Oh, Ramondre. That's not. You did right. have. Uh, you had Fournette at three. That's probably good though. I think I had. I think I might have had Stevenson higher in my head, and then never did it. My bad. I also had Stevenson at seven. When I so started, I guess I had. I was the one that had you had him at then. four. You had him yeah. at four. Wow. Should have yeah. subscribed to his OnlyFans. What was I doing? <laughs> yeah. I should probably do Shell my DFS lineups first because that's when I really realized that Stevenson was my guy. The Browns have given up 440 yards on the ground the last two weeks. Like they gave up that's a lot crazy. of points, like you said, but that's insane. Uh, Brees Hall and Jeff Wilson Jr. as well making some pretty nice jumps here in our running back rankings. Raheem Mostert getting up there as well with what he's doing in Miami. We only get one uh, only fantasy subscription, but maybe on like the Fast Feet Finder subscription, we can go with one of those guys or something like that. <laughs> I love me some Fast Feet. <laughs> That's my jam. The hands team ain't getting it done for me this year. I'm all about the feet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, uh, Drew, we're getting way off track here now. If you want to reel us back in with another injury. So we'll just touch on Damian Harris quick. So he has a hamstring injury. He was practicing today on a limited per- uh, as a limited participant, but they said that he was going to miss a few weeks. So I don't know why they're bothering to put him out there if they're already ruling him out. Yeah, which um, is interesting because I've heard that he might not come back until after their Week 10 bye. So it seems really oof. premature for them. Yeah. But in the same token, Mac Jones has also been kind of like this weird limited participant. And what is Bill doing? Well. Bill's in his bag right now at practice. Bill's just establishing like, dominance. And he's calling literally like, by the way, I just want to, what's up, PJ? One of our uh, Twitch guys, first timer. See, Twi- this is the this is the way we this, we got onto Twitch. All of a sudden, we're getting some comments from there. We're getting some people that are finding the show out of nowhere. What's going on, PJ? We appreciate you tuning in. But Belichick out of nowhere is just like calling everybody a generational talent. He said like David and Joe, who's like the second best <laughs> tight end in, in Brown's history and stuff like that. Like he's just really laid it on this year. That was me <laughs> looking at my roster that I drafted like on September 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if uh, if Pickett would have started against them, he would have been a Hall of Famer already. In Bill's Probably. Eyes. All right, Drew, keep going. Uh, T. Higgins. He has an ankle mm-hmm. injury where they didn't talk about it much last week. I felt like that. Yeah, he Higgins' owners had to be very upset because he went into that game dealing with it, but he obviously played played like seven snaps and ten then, snaps total. I have it yeah. written down here, and then he came out. The pain was too much for him, so that's something to monitor throughout the weekend. Similar situation with Darren Waller. He came into the week with a hamstring injury. I think he maybe played one or two snaps, and then he came out. And he was in street clothes in the second half too, so yeah. it wasn't like a let me see. Like he was done done. 
Yeah, there's a lot going on in Las Vegas with the Raiders. There's the expectation that he'll probably miss the week after their bye, which is this week. And then Devontae Adams potentially could miss that game for that situation that he's got going on. Could be Hunter Renfro week. Matt, respect Matt Collins. No, Renfro was out with a concussion when Matt Collins had his time. It's Renfro's turn. Mm. There you go. Uh, here we go. Wait. Uh, deep lead. Need a starter this week via waivers for Josh Jacobs. Oh, probably Pierre Strong, I would say, right? I still think he's going to get a little bit of work. I mean, Pierre Strong in the preseason, he had really good metrics as far as what he could be potentially as a pass catcher. Catcher. The only thing that concerns me is we haven't seen how he's going to be utilized in a regular yeah. season game. And I get very concerned putting faith into Bill Belichick and knowing how he has utilized running backs in the past. Um, so that, to me, is kind of like a high-risk play. Um, Jalen Warren has actually outproduced Najee in the last couple of weeks purely from a running-the-ball perspective. I think mm-hmm. that he's someone that I like to have on my roster if he's available, solely for the fact that kind of conversely to or inverse to what we were saying about the the Patriots that if Najee goes down then Warren becomes the guy and he becomes the undisputed guy um so if he's available there I think you can use him I don't know if he's necessarily a great starting option uh Tevin Coleman recently just received a contract to be fully promoted to the 53-man roster um so I think that he's going to get some tread as well um so for me it's probably between Tevin Coleman and Jalen Warren um the Buccaneers historically are a pretty tough matchup against the run. So if it's a one-week fill-in, I'd probably lean Coleman. But from a rest-of-the-season perspective, I'd probably take Jalen Warren. For so one Kelly, week, we're rolling out right away. Yeah. For one week, I think it's Pierre Strong. I just think he has the better path to getting some touches this week just because Damian Harris is going to miss. I don't think they're going to get – Yeah, I mean, the Jaylen thing is – Warren, he's been great. He's kind of been like Tony Pollard to Zeke in terms of Najee. But like, I think that for him to get a lot of touches, it really depends on if the Steelers are getting blown out again like they were last week, which is obviously possible. But I just don't see him getting. I I think he's getting 10 to 12 on Sunday. But they're also playing Tampa Bay. Which is their rush defense. But I'm saying, but this is what we're talking. I'm just looking at who's going to get the most touches here. Because you know it's a deep lead. We're talking. Look at the options we're talking about. Like, just give me the ten to twelve touches, regardless of the opponent. Pierre Strong's not going to get touches against the Browns, though. Like, he could easily have six carries for like fifty some yards, and if he somehow gets a goal line carry, which is obviously possible with Bill Belichick, I think he could pay off. He could also put up a goose too. He could, but because so something that's interesting to think about. So Tevin Coleman is now the backup for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson has a history of getting hurt, and he got a third of the carries last week. But that wasn't a blowout. He only came in during the blowout against the Panthers. Like they, like all of his stuff was in like late third quarter, or fourth quarter. True. The other point that I would make to this is that Atlanta is not a strong rush defense. So it's like to me, he has like some immediate playing upside. We haven't seen what Pierre Strong is going to do outside of some preseason yeah. work. It's just going so- off of what they do as a team, though. In yeah. my opinion, like you saw what Stevenson and Harris were doing in split role. I just don't like he's going to have an uptick for sure. I still think that strong is going to get enough work, but I get it because you haven't seen it. But we're just going off of how they run their team. And we've seen them for the last year and a half doing that same thing. Um, 
Yeah. Also, you're making you're making it seem like Tampa Bay is not going to blow out the Steelers the same way Buffalo did. I mean, that's obviously possible. We're here to hear first. The Steelers are going to beat Buffalo this or beat Tampa Bay this week. This this guy. All right, watch it. Let's bet the money line right now. All right, I can't bet in Texas, but I'll send you some guys. Um, All right, so Drew's on Pierre Strong. You're on Tevin Coleman for the week. Yeah, and I'm on Jalen Warren. So (laughs) maybe you go Kelly. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We're all we're all on different ones here, but I think there's arguments to be made for any of those three. I think Kelly's really the one that I'm rolling out right away. So, um, all right, go ahead, Drew. I'm gonna mention the Baker Mayfield situation here, not because he's valuable in fantasy, but like he's not good. But PJ Walker is worse. I know that you're true? playing him for his rushing upside and because you have no other options, but like you're going to start CMC. But it, even if you were starting DJ Moore when you shouldn't have been, you absolutely should not be starting DJ Moore this week. And that's the only reason why I brought it you up. You don't think that DJ Moore can do better with PJ Walker than he did with. I don't Baker think DJ Middle. Moore can, is doing good, period. So why would you risk it with PJ Walker? Because I'm one and four and. Need some <laughs> slice of hope to. You're one and four because of DJ Moore playing the way he's playing. No, you actually, the only share that I have of DJ Moore, I'm four and one, and he's been riding the bench. But I might need to play him this week because of the T. Higgins injury. So I'm trying to. I'm guessing guess uh, DJ Moore must Cowboys have been just outside of our top thirty. I'm guessing I had him ranked at thirty. Oh, did you really? I was yeah. joking around. But you guys did not rank him though. Yeah. No. Who had Pickens pretty high? Because I see he came in at seventeen. Hey. Where'd yeah. you have him? I don't think I had him that high, though. I think we all had him around that 17 to 20 range. Yeah. There was oh, just a okay. lot of variance in the other players in the rankings that kind of gave him the spot. Gotcha. Yeah, Joe was at 20. I think you were at Oh, 22. I guess I, I was at 21. Yeah. Drew was at I 15. 15. But I, I, mean, I would probably slide Godwin and lock it over him. Pickett. I don't know why I got him. It's too late. The ticker's been made, Drew. It's Pickett might now. think he's the only one that can catch a football on the team right now. So he might see like 15 targets on Sunday. And he's open 90% of the time. So if he gets those targets, yeah. he's obviously coming down. Right. Um, was there any other injuries? Chris Olave, Pat Fryermuth, and obviously Tua. We got a monitor for the, con- oh, the, con- the concussion gang. He's yep. already considered out for this game, and so is Teddy Two Gloves, too. So they're going to their rookie this week. Yep. Skyler Thompson. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> and then the last one, Matthew Barry called it on Friday right after that game on Thursday night. He said they're going to come out and say that Russ has an injury in his shoulder or something just to kind of like, you know, the way everything's been going. He has a lat injury, which if that thing's coming off the bone, it's pretty significant. He's going to play through it just because he's Gumby and he always does that. But Cortland Sutton, you can start, but you got to run away from literally everyone else in that Broncos offense. Maybe Melvin Gordon if you have to. Melvin Gordon has the best matchup matchup. this week, actually, against the Chargers. They've still been bad, though. They have. Um, What's funny, though. um, What about Mike Boone for PJ if he's out there? Oh, if he's out there. Yeah, 50% of. Yeah, and you saw, I don't know how if it's going to continue again another week, you saw that there was times where they were like, Melvin, we can't risk him fumbling here. 
and it was Boone on the field in crucial situations. Yep. So at the at the end of the day, Broncos Nation, lats fry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I would be interested if he would have thrown Boone into that question. I'd be interested. No I said no chance. Hmm. Every everybody's on it. Everybody knows Melvin Gordon can't hold on to the football. It's a deep league, like you said. So. Yeah. Uh, was that it then, Russ? For injuries, yep. That's Let's it. ride. Let's ride. Any other headlines uh, not related to injuries that you'd like to bring up? Actually, first thing before that I wanted to bring up is I was taking a look at our wide receiver rankings. I mean, I have both these players relatively high as well. But you look at Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. We're now talking about this Skylar Thompson now going to be their starting quarterback. Are we worried about that at all? Yeah. I made my rankings before that came out. It'll okay. be interesting to see, like, I I mean, we said this about Tua potentially, that he probably is going to pick one guy, but I think that holds especially true for the rookie. So it's like, Mike who Yusecki. does that guy become? And maybe it does become <laughs> some random guy like Asiki who gets more tread. Um, I don't really know. I have to imagine that they're going to lean on the run quite a bit. It's interesting because Mostert didn't actually practice today. Um, they held him out with, like, a knee thing. Um, but I've got to imagine that they're going to be trying to run the ball um, as much Tyreek as Tyreek Hill can. was in a walking boot, by the way, too, this week, like in, around the facility, but they said that he should be playing. I think it might just be precautionary. I think he has like a heel injury or something. Interesting. Yeah, the one thing that's tough about doing this show on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday is the day where if a guy's not going to practice, it's going to be on Wednesday or be limited. Yeah. It's going to be on Wednesday. So anything that we talk about with guys being limited or not practicing, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt and see what happens on Thursday. So, um, but yeah, anything not related to injuries that we kind of saw around the league? Yeah, I think there was two big performances. Um one, I think we kind of talked about a little bit before the show, but Gabe Davis continues to have these giant plays that he's making. Um, really a big matchup issue for the Bills. I mean, some of those throws Josh Allen were making were absolutely on the money, um, but uh, Gabe Davis having two touchdowns in 21 minutes, like that was just absolutely absurd. Um, the other thing, too, is that Austin Eckler finally looks like a return to form. So I know a couple weeks ago we mm-hmm. had somebody asking about a trade for Eckler. Um, flashed immediately that week after. Um, the Browns are a pretty weak team against the run, as we mentioned. Um, but it's good to see him back on track. He's actually the RB1 in fantasy right now. Worst um, uh, nose tackles in football, Cleveland. Worst rated nose tackles. Wow. But, you yeah. Pull that comment up quick. What's that? PJ's oh, most Oops, sorry. Too many yeah. cooks in the kitchen. We click at the same time. <laughs> I, th- I think that he came in late. We discussed that earlier that he practiced as a limited participant, but they already basically said that he's going to be out Multi-week. for a few weeks. They're just yeah. they're not making any sense over there. Mac, uh, Mac Jones has been practicing. Damian Harris is practicing. They're not going to play, but like. They have them out there. It just doesn't make any sense. It's really inconvenient, though, from like a roster construction because you can't put him on the IR right? because he's not considered to be out. Um, Until he's an on man. Sunday. Yeah. That or maybe trash. Yeah. The only other Belichick thing that's hates us. more of like an injury thing uh, more than like a week five headline is that both Logan Thomas and Jahan Dotson were declared out for the Thursday game this week. Um, mm. So if you're looking at those guys um, – Diami Brown. He had a big game last week, but yeah. um, no targets. 
And PJ, Let's you see. good. We just we just want to clear that up for you. Cool. All right. Well, my uh, my thumbs are feeling a little frisky. Let's uh, our let's, hour. Let's get after it. All right. You want to set the stage, or should I? Uh, yeah, I got it. So, um, this is some fantasy football Tinder. Uh, the idea is to uh, kind of pick and choose uh, what you feel confident about or what you want to get away from uh, in trending topics around the league. So we've got three different profiles that we're going to look at today. Um, and then if the, the group decides that we're going to move forward and swipe right, uh, you'll see the, the green heart pop up on the screen. Uh, and if we're not really feeling it, hitting the swipe left, not feeling too desperate, um, then you'll see the red X pop up on the screen. So, our first profile here is the one and only Najee Harris, heartthrob of Pittsburgh, thrower of all linebackers. Um, he struggled a bit this season, if we're being honest. Uh, my team has personally suffered and been victimized because of it. Um, but the question to you is, what are you doing with Najee Harris right now on your teams? Um, is he somebody that you're holding? Are you going to continue to swipe right and keep the faith? Are you going to try – and move on from Najee from this year, and then maybe at a later time when you've had a little bit of something, something in your system, it's 2 a.m. and you're feeling a little lonely, maybe you'll see him again come across your screen. PJ's like, what is going on right now? What did I, what did I click on on Twitch? I thought this was a fantasy football show. Uh, we actually talked a little fantasy. bit about – Yeah, we talked a little bit about Najee before we started recording – um, I think so. I have him in redraft. I think I kind of just got to like suck it up and hope he bounces back in the second half of the season. That is a team that I'm still like kind of competing with. So it is what it is. You're not getting much for him. He's obviously not going to return the value that you drafted him at. And I think you kind of just have to accept that at this point. I would actually be probably trying to buy low in a dynasty league. Um, if somebody was trying to move on given his age, um, and the offensive line there hasn't been great from a, at least from a run blocking perspective, they have been better than they were last year. Um, but just kind of the whole situation of the offense as well. If somebody was trying to move him, I think I am looking to buy in dynasty and redraft. I'm just holding. Would you buy know. low in a redraft scenario if the price was low enough? Yes, <sighs> because it probably is low enough. Yeah. Can you give me like an example? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I... Um, let's see here. Um, would you trade if somebody, let's say, offered? A.J. Dillon for Najee Harris. Both struggling running backs haven't lived up to the hype. Did you have to bring up A.J. Dillon to try to throw it in Drew's face? No, <laughs> I have I have more. Um, I, I think I would. And just you would hope. take Najee over Dillon? I would. Yeah. What yeah. about James Robinson, the early season yes. dying? Yeah, he's he, – you because, would take- that's you actually somebody that I'd like to talk about uh, a little bit more just because so I've, I'm, I'm friends with somebody that covers the Jaguars and I, the talk has been Travis Etienne is just this much better. Like James Robinson, great story, got up to a nice start this year and everything like that. Obviously, there's a little bit more invested in Travis Etienne, that high draft capital, finally getting to see him on the field this year and look at what he did on Sunday. I think that that was kind of just a glimpse of what he can do. Um, I just think he's the more effective player of the two. And I think that his touches continue to go up. So if you're talking about Robinson for Najee, I'm doing that one as well. 
Yeah, and I think to yeah. your point about ETN, he actually leads the league um, with 215 yards. He has the most rushing yards without a touchdown, so he really hasn't mm. had any of that TD yeah. bonus to his game right now. Um, but he has progressively gotten better each week. Um, Robinson is a fantastic story. He's he's one of those guys that seems to just overcome absolutely anything, and I, I think that he will continue to have a role on the team. Yeah. Um, but I think that we missed our boat to potentially sell high on him, and his stock is falling pretty heavily in uh, in redraft leagues right now. So, what were the, what were the snaps like between those two last week? Uh, let me pull it up for you real quick. That was, that was the Jaguars Texans game, right? Yes, it was. So, um, it's so ugly. I didn't really get much out of it besides the fact that Damian Pierce has proven <clears throat> me right on one of the few things this year. So, Robinson led carries 10 to 9. Um, ETN led 40 snaps to 30. Um, he had 30 routes run to 19, and he led six targets to two. Um, he's his usage is pretty consist- consistent in back to back weeks. Um, but James Robinson ends up being the short yardage back, which like I think a lot about the Patriots situation where it's like people have been pretty low on Damian Harris, but if he's getting the goal line work and he's getting mm-hmm. those touchdowns, then he's a viable play. The Jaguars, their schedule in the last couple of weeks, like they haven't been doing so well on offense. So I think that's really hurt Robinson and boosted ETN. Um, but I, I think they still have some favorable game scripts where – he will have those games, but I, I think it's a matter of time before ETN has a, a breakout game. So I think where you drafted him at in the fourth round, he's a bit of a bust, I would say, in yeah. terms of like what you could have gotten from that area of the draft. Um, but he is starting to pick up the pace. I would say not maybe to the level of Brees Hall, but mm. that potential is there. Yeah, I feel much better about him as a flex than an RB2. I don't know Facts. if I'd love that situation. Yeah. Um, but okay, so how was this one worded? No to Naj. Does that mean? So a swipe, yes, if you're going to hold, keep. Oh, yeah. All right, so I'm holding. Okay. I'm I'm holding only because I feel like I have to. There's just, <laughs> there's just nothing else that you can do. Like, I was going through his stats. He's 24th in the NFL in targets. He's 19th in the league in red zone touches. 30th in rushing, 38th in receiving. We knew his efficiency would be bad. My concern this whole time is that he's not getting enough volume. We we were banking on volume with him. We knew that. And he's only participating in 38% of passing routes for the Steelers. Like, I thought that the Steelers' offensive line, it struggles in the run game. But I feel like it's been average, a little above average in pass blocking. But he's mm-hmm. been in, in, but he's been in, in the backfield chipping a lot. He yeah. has been running a lot of routes. And he's 55th in yards per touch, which, again, efficiency we knew was going to be bad. But if he's not getting targets in the passing game, you cannot start him. It's just you can't. Yeah. And yeah, and- clearly he's hurt, but that's not the entire picture, I don't think. I just, and for the record, I don't think he's going to turn it around in the second half. Yeah. But I just think that I, I'm holding him in the, ho- in the with a small amount of hope that he will. Right. But this type of injury we said could linger all year. Mm-hmm. It's just that. Yeah. The team wrote it off as a, at the beginning of the year. It is not being as serious as it appears to be. And is he even on the injury injury report? Really? Like he's he hasn't been now. Like, like it's weird. Like I wonder if Tomlin's going to end up with another fine with this team because he's not reporting. Because Najee's clearly got something going on. And the negative game script, like they've been down and they're still not throwing it to the running back. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so All before right. we move on to our next profile, we actually had a comment question from a longtime supporter oh, under a new alias, it seems, um, but all love either way. Um, so he traded Najee and McLaurin for Evans. What are your thoughts on the deal? I mean, I, I like it. I don't think McLaurin's been very good either. There's a lot of ball to go around there. And Najee's probably not going to turn it around. And I think that Mike Evans has better ball ahead of him. He hasn't been lights out, but the, the Buccaneers are going to get better as the season goes along, not worse. Yeah, I think if you think about like potential, it probably feels like a little bit of an overpay. Um, I would have liked to have maybe given like maybe a little bit lesser of a receiver, but I mm-hmm. think that's kind of just the reality of where Najee's being valued right now. Exactly. Uh, and to your point, um, Tampa Bay's not doing a good job of running the ball. Leonard Fournette's been successful just because he's been getting so many targets, but now that the Tampa Bay receiving room is starting to get healthy again, um, I think that's going to decrease a little bit. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But Brady's thrown forever 50 passes in the last three games, which is not what you want with a quarterback that potentially has something going on with his rotator cuff. So um, they're doing what they can to get it done. Um, And as I said a week or two ago, my personal philosophy is whoever's getting the best player in a two-for-one deal is winning the trade. Um, McLaurin struggles. I think he's almost like DJ Moore in a sense, where he never has a good quarterback and can live up the potential that he is. But this year, and, and Carson Wentz just isn't getting it done for the the commanders. He had a good couple of games, but since then he's been pretty mid. Um, and I think His that games were, have been good, actually, in my opinion. It's just that the two games he did bad, he just played, had terrible matchups against the Cowboys rush and then the Eagles rush. Otherwise, he's been yeah. like 25 to 30 each week. He's just entirely matchup dependent, but it also exactly. makes the entire team matchup dependent as right. well. Right. Um, so to me, I, I like the deal. It may be a slight overpay, but um, it's something that I could stomach. If I could do this in one of my leagues, I would do it in a second. <clears throat> um, my only thing is, not, it wasn't said whether this was redraft or dynasty. Fair. Oh. So Obvious assumption it's redraft. Okay. I would feel a lot worse about it if it was um, in a dynasty because Mike Evans is how old? What, 27? Yeah, he's getting on the he's getting on the other side of the age barrier, and his targets have been going. Oh, he's twenty nine. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, I'm pretty sure he's. If he was twenty seven, I was actually going to be younger than I thought. Yeah, it's redraft. it's redraft PPR. Yeah, and his targets have been decreasing every year because Chris Godwin's come on. So in D, in dynasty, that would be a disaster. Got They the always body? keep adding. They always keep adding like a third receiver that takes some away. Yeah. So. Cool. All right, good chat for sure. Uh, Where do you guys value Rashad White really quick in uh, Dynasty? Dynasty. Where do we think Fournette? Where do we think Fournette's going to be at the end of this year? Do you think he's going to be on the team if if Brady retires? Is he only there this year? I don't know, but if he has a big cap hit and they're moving to Kyle Trask, what are like, what are they going to do? They ain't going to move. To so he has everything one, is saying that he's the heir apparent. He has, a lot there's no talk. way. There's I mean, a lot of say that he might suck, but he's probably their next guy. With- Mason Rudolph 29. was also the QB one for the Steelers in March. They drafted him in the second round though. They used valuable capital on him. Yeah, I guess. 
Anywho, as far as the contract goes for Fournette, he has another year. It's um, I know eight and a half million I know cap hit. I actually wrote that comment. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a potential out after 2023, and then there's another year after that. So mm-hmm. um, his cap hits yeah, next year. Um, I think he'll be with the team at least for next year. The 2024 season, it may be – something different but i think that fournette finishes as a top five running back this season i've been really high on him this year just because of the bell cow work that he gets and how much tom brady likes him he had 11 targets last week um and i think that that's not necessarily sustainable um for reasons that um i've mentioned previously with the health of the receivers getting a little bit better but um I think that he's someone that they're going to continue to lean on and they're going to lean on heavily just because Tom Brady is getting older. Um, and I think if you have a new quarterback going in, then to me that points to them running the ball even more. Um, as far as Rashad White goes, I put him in a very similar camp that I do Jalen Warren, where I'm not necessarily sold on the talent of the player, but I am a fan of their situation where if the lead guy were to go down, um, then it's somebody that you would want to have. Um, so I think that's one of the people – especially at this point in the year, like we have a good sense of like, all right, like this guy kind of is doing okay. Or here's a guy that I can put on my bench that has upside to be an RB one. If one play kind of goes south. Um, so to me in a redraft, he's somebody you definitely want on your bench. As far as the dynasty goes, I think you have to have him as a rookie. I don't think he's going to be available anywhere. Trade value for him. I don't know. Where did he go in the second, third round of drafts late, late last second. year? Late second. I don't know. I, I think you could probably trade him and get your money back. Essentially. I don't think you're mm-hmm. going to turn around and get a first out of him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mechie is probably my favorite commenter that in here, just because like, there's never two words in a row. I feel like that are spelled correctly. And it's my favorite thing to try to read through. I think that that's Montgomery, but it, it auto corrected the Monty walked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! It's Monty Mont- and Walker. Yeah, that's what oh, I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're picking two here. Okay. Uh, Stevenson's an automatic. Stevens, yeah. since this is an easy one for me, um, and then let's see. So Arizona is a worse matchup than Montgomery's. They're both they're both similar, but Montgomery will get the volume. So I probably give him just a slight <sighs> edge over. Kenneth Walker. I might like Walker better than uh Herbert didn't get a lot last week when Montgomery came back. I know. I played Herbert in the league. Like used him. I think he had like one point seven. <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. Um and per your chart, Arizona's giving up eighteen point nine points per game. Or no, sixteen point seven. Sorry. And then, yeah, and then Washington's eighteen point nine. Yeah, I'm with Ken Walker. I don't. It's a coin flip for me, and I'm not going the guy playing on Thursday night football. Yeah, I I just get worried about like the health of Montgomery and how much they're going to utilize him. Um, I know that he generally is a volume getter when he's on the field. Um, but I, I think that it's close enough in matchup. Like it's only a two point difference between the two defenses. And we know that Ken Walker is going to be the bell cow for that. Um, I don't feel confident in the Jacksonville Indianapolis game. I think that one could be favorable for Robinson, uh, but he's just not getting the, uh, 
the volume right now to make me feel comfortable. So I, I think that I would probably lean um, Walker and Stevenson. Um, if you're really feeling frisky, you could throw in Melvin Gordon there too. Um, you talked me out of it when I remember that they play Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, was, I'm Stevenson and Walker, and I yeah. think at this point we all are. Yeah, I, I agree with PJ. That's why I brought yeah. it up. You know, good best practice to avoid guys on Thursday. That's obviously like if you have uh, Josh Allen playing on Thursday night, you're not going to be like, ah, he's playing Trade on Thursday. Him. So. <laughs> I'd probably so. bench him. Probably bench him. Hey, uh, this just in. I have another profile. Um, so DeAndre Hopkins, um, I don't know if you've seen him, but he's been very active on social media lately. So he's had a lot Mm -hmm. of like things on Twitter and Instagram and stuff about him counting down the days before he comes back to, um, return from his suspension, um, for steroid use. Um, so he had the six gamer we're on week six. So, um, I have a couple things for you guys. One, um, are you buying the, the Hopkins hype? Do you think that he can come back? Um, we'll start there, and then I want to follow up with, depending on how that goes, is Marquise Brown a sell high at this point before Hopkins hits the field? Oh. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Yeah, you're, We're going to have similar answers, I think. Yeah, I don't have much on Hopkins because you guys know me. I usually am concerned about anybody that comes back off a long hiatus, and plus he was coming off a lot of soft tissue injuries from last year, and those can flare up easily for him after he sat for as long as he has in terms of Hollywood though, I actually think that this helps Hollywood altogether. He's second in the league in targets, which is obviously going to come back where he has 55, but he struggled like crazy against number one corners. Like he's really struggling when the number one quarter is shadowing him. He's 46th in the league in separation with only 1.6 yards of separation against number one corner and 38th in the league in fantasy points when he's shadowed by the number one quarter. So I just think that if Hopkins can take that away for him and he's going to get a lot of second corner matchups, I think that he's going to probably stay around where he is because the targets are going to subside a little bit, but I'm not concerned about him moving forward as someone that can pay off as a wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two. Yeah, so relatively similar. I, I think the thing for me is, man, like even this suspension aside, like I was, I wasn't fully out on D Hop, but like I was getting to the point where I, I think that you were starting to see that regression, and he wasn't looking like the same player. And then that suspension happens, and he's going to come back from it. And I just, I don't think we're going to see the same player. So I think from that standpoint, I'm not buying into him returning um, to form and what DeAndre Hopkins we're used to seeing. I think it is to Drew's point the exact same thing. I would I would say I would echo those statements about Hollywood Brown because he is going to take that coverage away from him. Um, and the thing is to me, like I, I actually I shouldn't speak on something I don't know about, but like I feel like Kyler hasn't been all that great this yep. year. Yep, we talked as a passer. So I, I think you know if he is able to, for lack of a better word, just improve as a passer as the year goes on and as you get DeAndre Hopkins back. Um, you know, Hollywood Brown's going to be the beneficiary there. So Hopkins standpoint, no, I'm not on the hype, but I think uh, Hollywood Brown does benefit. For PJ's point, he mentioned that he doesn't think that the number one quarterback will shift to Hopkins. I agree with that. I more so think that they'll be able to move them around more and that there might not be as much shadowing because you'll have to account for both guys. Yeah, yeah Big Bad and Andy Isabella isn't in town anymore, so. So it looks like you guys are out on Hopkins. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. I, 
would say that for me, I don't view Hopkins in the similar to what Zach said. I wouldn't feel comfortable as Hopkins being my number one wide receiver right now. But I will say that I do feel very comfortable with him being like in my flex coming back. And here, let me say why. So currently, Arizona is leading the league in pass plays per game. um, And Kyler Murray is number one in pass attempts per game. Second off, they have the worst game script score in the league of negative 9.53. So on average, they're down nine points a game. And that's going to be happening because they come out flat every And their defense is pretty terrible. So I think from a volumetric standpoint, we've seen in a week-by-week basis that Hollywood's able to eat, Zacherts is able to eat, and then we've even had weeks where A.J. Green is still able to get seven targets. Respect, Greg Dorch has been able to get ten targets in a game. So there's a lot of ways for them to move this around. And if I was a betting person, I would imagine if they're choosing between getting Rondell Moore the ball or DeAndre Hopkins, that they're probably going to lean more on the Hopkins side. So I don't think that he's going to come back and look like Devonta Adams when it was like, all right, like who's your top receiver? Hopkins, I think, went in the second round of drafts last year. I'm not saying that he's going to live up to that unless you're comparing him mm-hmm. to Najee or like other people that have busted this year. Um, but I do think that he's somebody that's going to be an immediate contributor to that offense. I think he's rested, healthy, and I think he has a lot of motivation to say, hey, look, like I still got something. He may not be as good as he once was, but... He's Michael there's... Thomas. He's exactly what Michael Thomas is right now, and that's my concern. Like Michael Thomas is suffering with soft tissue injuries. Like This and, is what you kind yeah. of expect from this type of situation. Um, he's probably not here anymore, but I, uh, Chad popped in. Under the weather, just popping in to shout out the Dolphin wide receiver owners hitting the panic button this week. Just want to say Styler was quietly talked up in the preseason as a future starter. Don't fear it. He was like the most efficient quarterback throughout the preseason. Take that for what you will. Um, I mean, I, I think it's fair for a lot of people to expect some type of drop off just because of the quarterback play. Um, but uh, again, I think it's going to be, we're going to have those same questions that we had going into the season where it's going to be, which one is it going to be like for him to sustain both of these guys? If he were to do that, that'd be crazy. So I think he's struggling with waddle to me. They're both struggling with injuries though. They, they said that last week there was a better chance that Jalen waddle wouldn't play than Tyreek. Like they're not a hundred percent. So I, I'm very afraid to play either of them, but you have for their to- own independent situations. Yeah. Right. Aside from the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have liked one. You haven't liked one. I like that. It's a little wholesome, but a little a little flirty. I'm here for it. So we got one more profile for you. Um, this guy absolutely exploded last week. Pause. No pause. Damian Pierce type <laughs> explosion. We can't be playing fantasy football Tinder and you talking about people exploding. All right. The hell I can't. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> so Taysom Hill. Nine carries, 112 yards, three touchdowns, one pass attempt, one completion for 22 passing yards, and a passing touchdown. He's mm-hmm. still listed as a tight end. From yeah. an offensive perspective, he's listed as a tight end for the New Orleans Saints. If you had to categorize him by a position in which he's played the most, technically, according to Andrew Cooper, he should be a DST because he plays the majority of his snaps on special teams. He should All- be... Flex. That literally should just be <laughs> flex. Are y'all buying into Taysom being a weekly viable starting option as a tight end? 
I mean, until he's not yet, like the, the way they're talking about it, he's going to be a focal point of this offense. Like I'd almost be more worried about like Michael Thomas coming back or, you know, how many snaps I, it was nice to see Alvin Kamara have a productive day, but in terms of like the utilization and number of snaps, I, I think you might be a little bit concerned depending on what next week looks like for Taysom Hill, because they've talked about him just being continuing to be involved in the run game. Yeah. So he had played on 23 of 77 yeah. snaps. He had three routes run nine carries he's 23 percent carries it's the carries for me not the route yeah yeah i I think this is just a subject of who they had on the field with chris olave going out with the concussion michael thomas has been in and out jarvis landry's been in and out camara struggling with his rib cartilage injury i they said on part of my take on monday that like they think that he's just kind of the guy that like if you had a closer in baseball if you had one for football it would be Taysom hill you just you get up early and then you just bring him in and tell him the do a QB draw like every other play. And then that's, that's your offense for the entire fourth quarter. Like I think you have to own him because like this could continue to happen in certain circumstances, but you're just never going to know when it's going to happen. So like, I'm concerned about starting him and I agree with what he's saying. Smash the X. (laughs) (laughs) I, this is the best comment that I think I've ever seen on the show, by the way, the lack of crab legs. Yeah. The thing is there's going to be a lack of crab legs all year with that injury. The crab legs have been cracked, my friend. Yeah. He's game script dependent, though. That was literally the only point I had. I just, I get why we're talking about this right now, because it ma- it makes sense because of uh, the explosion that he had. But I want to see what he does this week. Like, if he does it for some reason in two straight games, if what they're saying is true, like Dennis Allen coming out and saying he's going to be part of the run game. Specifically, he said the run game every week. I want to see if that if that holds true. So in your mind... Taysom is more of a pick up from waivers, hold, but not necessarily insert into your lineup right now. You have to well, either start him every week or not. Because like depending on what happens with uh Kyle Pitts, he might be my tight end again this week. He's also tight end uh number three right now in the league. In case uh I mean, <laughs> that's because of one I week. mean with a thirty eight point game, yeah, you're gonna be it's literally Kelsey Andrews, and then that's it. That's why Firemouth is going to get you a belly button piercing because, like, Kittle sucks. He's not good. Kittle had five receptions last week. And, like, he's in pass blocking, like, over 50% of the that's time. That's the thing. Like, he doesn't suck. He's just – he's too good of a blocker. Great all-around football player. I'm not yeah, saying – but he needs to be – he needs to be a right. worse blocker so they can let yeah. him run routes. Respect, just, respect my doppelganger in the NFL, okay? <laughs> you're you're accepting the fact that my wife thinks that you look like george kittle now there are so many people in this world that tell me i look like george kittle yeah but the I very first time we did of... that you like fought back on it so much of course i fight back on it i'm oh, not a man. man yeah but he has a mohawk Ter- and tattoos, terrible and i'm hair. just like soft who did the terrible same hair. play this week by the way uh, the saints play cincinnati hmm no Which are pretty stout against the run. Um, decent matchup nope, for tight ends, not but he's week. not really your traditional tight end. That's the thing is you should be looking at yeah the running running back backs. Really yeah. yeah, so they are giving up the second least amount of points per game to running backs. Wow. Hmm. BJ I wish Hill we could just get like idea that he would get like five to ten carries a game. Like even if he got five, I'd probably start him over majority of tight ends just off those five carries. Yeah, that's more indicative of the tight ends, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Fun. All right. Um. So y'all are got, 
are y'all are a yes or a no on Tyson? <laughs> I want to be. I want to say yes for fun. Okay, you got that late night little swipe <laughs> going. I like it. All right, we'll show yeah. Tyson some love. And I have and I have a share there. So like, it's not a super like. You ain't that desperate, but <laughs> no, no, no. I already used my super like earlier. I'm not paying for more. <laughs> <laughs> He only liked it because he was swiping right on everything for the last hour. <laughs> All right. So uh, to transition to our next segment, uh, we're going to get into Only Fantasy, the elite now, premium subscription now, for the week. Now PJ's dimming the lights. Set the mood. He's, you know, you got yeah. that favorite song on. <laughs> Hit it with the Misty. Yeah. You just got to be ready for it. Marvin Gaye, so. some red wine. Ooh, I'm a little. Whew. All right. So wait before we start. Hold on. Chad said so. Actually, I need some help from you, lads. One, appreciate the lads. Superflex Russ Wilson. Superflex Russ Wilson. Am I just stuck? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would always start him if I have to. So if you have to, you're stuck. Lat daddy. I love that. I don't even I don't even know what to say about Russ man. Cuz he he's also he's one of my quarterbacks in our in our 2 QB league. Him and Derek Carr, that's going great for me. You um, traded up for Russ too. The I one did, thing I that trained. you have going for him is that Denver does have a plus matchup against the Chargers. I think it'll be interesting to see. I always take divisional games with a grain of salt just because those teams tend to know each other pretty well. Um in I had Russ ranked, I believe, at 15 this week. So from a super flex perspective, I think he's still somebody that you start. You're not feeling great about it, but Chad, if it makes you feel any better, I'm starting PJ Walker and the guy from Miami this week in the super flex league. So, he had wow. to say he had to say guy from Miami too. So that's how you know it's bad. What is it, Skylar Thompson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they I all thought. they play on Monday night, and besides the last Monday night game, a lot of them have been hitting the under. There hasn't been a lot of points scored in prime time. So Let me tell you concerned. what, if I'm winning going into Monday, he's going on my bench. I if hope I was looking at a picture of Skylar Thompson right now, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Whoa. Daniel Jones and I would consider Daniel Jones Mariota. Mariota, no. He has rushing. an awful matchup this week. Yeah, I Daniel Jones got Daniel Baltimore. Jones rushing, though. For Daniel sure. Jones rushing, I like. What's interesting about the um the matchup with, with Baltimore is that they actually have kind of tightened up from a receiving perspective in the last couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. the quarterback position is still high. So to me, that's an indicator that they're giving a lot of rushing yards up um, to QBs. Um, Daniel Jones actually had a really strong game. I don't know if you watched the London game yeah. last week, but he looked like competent for once, which was he's been, weird. He's been like that all year. Just like, yeah. Quiet. Yeah. Um, so I, I think for me, I would definitely play Daniel Jones over mm-hmm. Russ. Um, I had them 14th and 15th respectively in my rankings, but I'll take one spot over. Um, I had Daniel Jones in and not Russ. So yeah, I'm also Tennessee has a Tennessee has a plus matchup with a downgrade at running back too. So that's interesting with, oh wait, no, Tennessee's on a buy. Oh, so he can only own two. Like he can't pick one I would, without. I drop Russ without giving any second thought about it, honestly. So Deshaun is also there. I need to like print out your chart because like I keep reading the wrong rows. Man, that would be interesting when he comes back. Well, that's what gonna... 
10. So he comes back week 11. Do you have morals or do you want to win fantasy though? No, he's suspended for 11 games. Then they have their bye. He's going to play to week 13 against the Texans. Houston. I think that you, if you're going to go, I personally will not touch Deshaun Watson on any league. Um, But if you're going to take him, I don't think that you need to do it this week, considering that he has still more than over. Well, no, because he needs to play. That's the thing is he needs to play both that he has, right? No, yeah, I get that. But like he could drop that other player in three weeks and pick up Deshaun if that's the route that you're going to go. I would you know go Daniel Jones. I think yeah. it's pretty clear. I don't think you need to pick him up this week, considering that he's not even halfway through the games that he's going to miss yet. Like people will probably start looking at Watson, probably week nine or week ten, if they're going to pick him up as a stash. So I think that you can wait a week or two. I would pick up Daniel Jones and drop Russ and hope that somebody spends a lot of fab on him or a waiver claim on him, and then hates their life for the rest of the season. That week when he comes back, who's the revenge game for? Is it for Houston or is it for Deshaun? Both. Davis Mills is going to pop off. Davis Mills is going to shoot up like um, he's been. You know awful. those robots. Damian the, Pierce the against robot. that Browns defense. Uh, what's it called? The Rock'em Stock'em Robots. That's yeah. going to be Davis Mills. <laughs> <laughs> what he's been awful too. It's so I, I was like because he showed a good like a decent bit last year. You Cooper know, Rush has a give him a full year this year. Yeah, I would not play Cooper Rush against Philadelphia. Run away from that. Cooper Rush, I don't know if you guys saw. Well, you probably did because Kenny Pickett was like way up there for the EPA. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. Cooper Rush is at the bottom of that. Yeah. And it's like yeah. he's done nothing but lead yeah. his team. Well, to right w. now, like, Dak, the Cowboys defense is the Steelers of the 70s. Yeah. So Dak, Dak looks like he could come back this week, but they're holding him out for another week just so Cooper Rush just does so terrible that fans can't say, oh, Dak. They want him to lose a game. They want him to lose a game as a starter. (laughs) And they want him to lose it bad, too. It's so funny because Cowboys fans and Steelers fans really aren't that different. (laughs) (laughs) No. Absolutely not. Terrible. All right. Only fantasy. All right. So uh, to get back to the segment at hand, dim the lights, put on that sweet tune, and pop that bottle of wine. Get one name, one subscription for the week. Who is this week's person that you think is going to pop off Lead the team to victory and get stuff done. Drew, we'll start with you, as always. How was your only fantasy experience last week? What are you looking forward to this week? Last Can week, we get a hand check as well? It took me a little <laughs> bit because it was in my pants. So I had to like pull it out. Real quick. <laughs> uh, last week was pretty rough for me. I'm going to get the exact line. My first big miss and only fantasy of the of the year. I had James. James Robinson, like the matchup against Houston, he only had 10 carries for 27 yards, two receptions for 12 yards. He ended up with 5.9. It was a tough one for me. I did not win in DFS last week with him in my lineup. Um, sometimes you bust, sometimes they bust. It happens. Yeah. Hopefully this week. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew, who you got? Who you subscribing mine's, to? Mine's real easy and quick since we've already discussed him a ton, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson is my only fantasy week. It was a no brainer for me. As soon as I saw they were playing the Browns and that Damian Harris would be out. We've already discussed this. Browns are going up 440 yards rushing in two weeks. And as much as I like Pierre strong, we talked about earlier, Ramondre Stevenson is going to get at least 75% of the work. And if he doesn't score a touchdown and have at least hundred yards rushing this week, I'll be shocked. Absolutely shocked. I like it. 
All right, contestant number two, Zach. That was my number two, uh, by the way. That was my number two, two is his number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, last week, um, I also flopped. I had Robert Woods. Um, did have a team-high eight targets, but he just produced four receptions for 37 yards on those eight targets. Uh, Tannehill only completed 15 passes in this game. They ran the ball 33 times. I mean, just they played Tennessee Titans football which I should have expected, but without uh, Traylon Burks, I kind of thought Rob- Robert Woods was in a pop-off spot. That didn't happen. Um, so we're going to rebound this week. We're going Zach Ertz, tight end, Arizona Cardinals. They still got one more game before D-Hop comes back, as we alluded to. Seattle's been absolutely awful in terms of giving up points to tight ends. Granted, Taysom Hill being classified as a tight end didn't uh, didn't certainly help them. I had that. something that you'll like. Uh, me and yes. we were talking about this before the show. If you were to remove... Taysom Hill's rushing stats from last week, okay. Seattle would still be the worst tight end defending team in the last three weeks with about 22 points per game. Um, and on the season, they are also the worst tight end team um, throughout the year. So um, gotcha. Taysom Hill, no Taysom I figured Hill. they were still like bottom five, but yeah, they're still number one. Kyle okay. Pitts had one solid game and it came against them. I'm also looking at, in terms of Zach Ertz here, didn't have the greatest opener, just two receptions in that game. Since then, eight receptions, six receptions, six receptions, six receptions. I mean, he's he's pretty consistently getting work here. Um, sans DeAndre Hopkins, and he's got that for another week. So I like Zach Ertz there. To answer PJ's question, I do not only pick people named Zach, but that is a great <laughs> idea moving forward. <laughs> only Zach's? Yeah. All right, so that leaves it to me. Um Y'all said that y'all had a bad week last week with only fantasy. Mm-hmm. My guy uh, actually didn't even show up on the field. So <laughs> that was pretty tough. Um, this has happened to me a couple of times now. Back so um, when the, um, what's his face uh, from New England? Jacoby uh, Myers was your one. Before. Yeah, I had Jac- Jacoby Myers the week that he was out. And then um, who's the who's the Devontae backup? Parker popped Devontae off. Parker had a huge yep. game. Um, this past week I had Logan Thomas, um, who I thought was going to have a big game, had a great matchup. Um, so he's not playing. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, the person that I picked for this week did not practice today either. (laughs) So I don't know if I've got like the only fantasy, like really fantasy sweep because it doesn't happen. Um, but this week I'm going with Chris Godwin. Um, he's a couple weeks back. Um, well, I'm hoping your guy doesn't play. Yeah, uh, from a Steelers fan play. perspective, <laughs> I hope that he doesn't play either. Um, but the Steelers have completely fallen apart, primarily um, due to injury. Um, so they're really not able to do a whole lot. The majority of their secondary is banged up. Minka Fitzpatrick's hurt. Um, Edmonds is hurt. They have issues with uh, their cornerback room. So Weatherspoon has been out. Um, so that leaves them starting um, with Mallette in the slot. I think he's going to get absolutely brutalized and that they're going to try to focus on Mike Evans just because he is the more healthy go-to option. Um, and I think that leaves Chris Godwin susceptible to a really big week. Um, he hasn't had the big pop-off numbers, but he's been very consistent in the games that he has returned. Um, so I'm expecting double-digit targets. I'm expecting maybe a touchdown here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not looking pretty for the Steelers this week. Um, but we'll see what happens. Like and subscribe, Chris Godwin, Penn State guy. Yeah, he might uh, increase the price of his subscription after this game. As he should. Yeah. <laughs> he should play, though. Uh, it's Wednesday, and yeah. he's, he's actually getting the most snaps. 
out of wide receivers on the team. I don't know if you said that or not. So they're obviously not worried about him. Yeah, so uh, we should be fine. If it happens again, then I'm just going to start picking people that I'm playing against. So that at least that I have a chance at winning some games. That's so. genius. I might send you my, my lineup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk DFS. Yeah, I can pull up uh, Joe's chart here that cool. we talk about. All right. All right. So if this is your first time on the show, something that we publish every week, um, this is posted on Reddit as well as on Twitter. Um, This is a three week uh, output of the average fantasy points allowed by the team on the left. Um, So as you can see, Seattle, Detroit, Pittsburgh struggling across the board on the defensive front. Um, On the right hand side, you can see the team that they're playing in this particular week. Um, And then the color heat map, that gives you a good sense of, is this a positive matchup? Is this defense struggling, which you'll see in blue, that defense is cold? Or is this defense doing well? They're playing hot. Um, It's a matchup I want to avoid. Those are in red. So the deeper the color, um, the better or worse the matchup is going to be. So if we were just thinking about the OnlyFans um, portion of this show, Pittsburgh is in the darkest blue for wide receivers in PPR. They're giving the most points per game in the last three weeks. Uh, we can also see that they were victimized by Buffalo, New York Jets, and the Cleveland Browns. Um, so you have some context as to why those things were happening. And now that we're getting into the bye weeks, um, when we're looking at the Detroit data, the, uh, the Tennessee data, the Vegas data for next week, we'll go an additional week back so that you have that full three-game scale of production from those different defenses. Um, So that's kind of how this works. We send these out every Tuesday morning, um, and it's a really helpful tool to see how things are changing throughout the season. Um, If you look at, like, say, ESPN right now, um, they still have Pittsburgh kind of as a middling matchup in terms of wide receivers, um, even though they've been getting absolutely worked recently. Um, so it's a, it's a good metric to see things as they're changing. Um, and it's something that we utilize pretty heavily when we're doing DFS. So. Cool. Yeah. So for my DFS lineup, I think we've talked in previous weeks where I don't like to pay up at quarterback. So my quarterback is a little surprising, I would say for most people, but if you look at their matchup, they don't have a terrible matchup. And I do absolutely expect the Steelers to be a negative game script, Kenny Pickett threw the ball 52 times last week. And last year when Mason Rudolph threw 51 times in the rain, it was terrible. We joke about it all the time. But Kenny Pickett throwing the ball 52 times is pretty appealing to me in fantasy football. And he does give you a little bit of a rushing aspect. He obviously had two rushing touchdowns um, in his first game against the Jets. He offers a little bit with his legs. So with that game script and that opportunity at his price point, I went with Kenny Pickett. And the easiest person to stack with Kenny Pickett, which we'll get to the next. Do you want to go to the next picture? Or should I just wait? Uh, it's whatever you're into. Yeah, I usually I usually go with my stacks right off the front. So like okay. George Pickens is Pickett's favorite guy, and he is still priced as if he doesn't matter. At 4600, he was an absolute no brainer for me. And at some point, at some point, they're going to connect on a touchdown, a long one, and I'm hoping that it's this week. Pickett threw the ball 52 times at 326 passing yards last week. That's a lot of passing yards. If he can just get in the end zone twice and with that negative game script and some garbage time, he's going to pay off for you. And back to the other one with our running backs. We already discussed Ramondre Stevenson a ton this week. He has the best matchup, and he's still priced as if Damian Harris is going to be 
in the lineup because they go a week ahead with their pricing. So he was an absolute no brainer. The only concern I have with Ramondre Stevenson is that probably everybody is going to have Ramondre Stevenson in their lineup. So that's a little concerning. So if you decide to pay up on your quarterback with Tom Brady, who has the best matchup this week for quarterbacks, you could consider a Pierre strong. He's probably at the very cheapest option at 3000 and then maybe pay up for like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey at tight end. Um, I think Chad just mentioned Matthew Stafford. He is another guy that I looked at, but I'm just so concerned with that offense right now that I just, I decided to go away from that route, but I, I probably will have some DFS lineups where Stafford's uh, stacked with Cooper cup. Um, Jeff Wilson. I went with Jeff Wilson. He's dominating the snaps for running backs for the, for the 49ers. I know we discussed Tevin Coleman coming in again. I think that that was just because they were up so much that they decided to give him some work. He has, 41 to 5, 33 to 1, and 39 to 19 in snap counts over the last three weeks. And the 19 was Tevin Coleman's all in the fourth quarter. I think that he's going to dominate those snaps. I would stay away from Tevin Coleman personally and have Jeff Wilson in your lineup with at 6,200. Drew, real quick before you go on, this is Mike Wazowski here. Um, we had a comment from Chad. Um, so has, do you feel that Stafford's price has dropped off enough to consider him um, because of the dumpster fire in Carolina? Just for context for you, last week he was at $7,400. This week he's at $7,200. So do you think that's enough of a drop-off to potentially throw him in your lineups? That's still really pricey. I, I typically don't like to spend more than like 6500 for a quarterback unless it's like Lamar because he offers so much with his legs. Last year when I had my big week and I placed second out of like 45,000, which was an absolute fluke. I had Tyler Huntley in my lineup. I, I typically don't like to pay up for quarterbacks because I think you can get more out of your wide receivers and your running backs because they get bonuses for having over 100 yards rushing or 100 yards receiving. So typically I don't pay up for quarterbacks, but he does have a great matchup. So I, I don't hate throwing him in some lineups this week, but that's still a little rich in terms of the pricing for me. Gotcha. PJ is also a team picket, pick and stack. So. There we go, PJ. I I actually do DraftKings and FanDuel because their pricing changes from lineup to lineup, but I typically have a larger balance in my DraftKings account because I've, for whatever reason, had more success there. So that's why we're using those images. But I, I do both. Their pricing is very different. Um, back to my lineup. We'll go to the next page. We have Chris Godwin in there as my wide receiver one. Joe already talked up enough what we're getting with Chris Godwin. He's going to absolutely eat against the Steelers. He's working out of the slot. He's going to be facing Arthur Millette majority of the time. Steelers are obviously hurting at corner. So even I think Cam Sutton's out already, right? So he wouldn't even be inside or outside. I don't know. So it's weird because I thought that Tomlin had basically all but rolled him out when talking yeah. yesterday. But people were still talking today as if that wasn't the case. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Either way, he's not going to be lining up in the slot because they're hurt so much on the outside with a kill with their spoon being out. Miko um, mm-hmm. Hardman, I I decided to pay down for him. I wanted to get someone in this Bills-Chiefs matchup because we obviously know what's about to happen. They're going to pulverize their their line. They're going to go way over. And Miko Hardman's been struggling with injury, so I feel like his snap count has been down. But like when he is out there, it looks like they're actively trying to get him the ball. So I figured at 4000 for that price, I'd throw him in there as my dart thrower. And if he happens to score a couple of touchdowns and be 
a surprise for this week. That's the type of move that can win you a DFS lineup. So I'm Michael Hardman. And then at tight end, we already discussed this. This is the second week in a row where I didn't even know what their only fans were, and I had already put their only fantasy guys, players in my DFS lineup, so it worked out. Zach Ertz has a phenomenal matchup, 32.5 points per game per Joe's charts. Um, he's second on the team in their target share behind Hollywood, so he's playing the volume. And I think that with their matchup against Seattle, Geno's been cooking. So this could be a sneaky high-scoring game as well. And if, if there's a lot of points scored, that obviously helps Zach Ertz even more. And then finally, Cooper Cup. He's a mainstay in my lineup every week. He's the one guy in fantasy football that you can count on every single week. And he's going against Carolina this week. I felt like it was just an absolute no-brainer that you put him in your lineup. J.C. Horn has been very strong on the outside, so he's going to absolutely destroy Allen Robinson, and he's already been terrible. So Cooper Cup with more opportunity just sounds insane to me, so I threw him in as my flex. Okay. Defense is just a dart throw. Okay. Essentially, when I get to my defense, I'm just going to pick a defense that's at home with a potential opponent that's been struggling and hoping that they score a touchdown because if you don't score a touchdown in, in DFS with your defense, you're typically not getting anything out of them. So they're my dart throw of the week, Colts, at home against the Jags who have been struggling. I like it. All right, um, Joe. Do you are you gonna come back onto the screen, or are you just gonna leave that in front of you the whole time? Um, sure, I'll come back. I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, I guess I could have done that anyway. All right. Um, just to wrap up here, a quick couple things. Chad saying if uh, if I do it, I'm going to stack Higby, not Cup. Uh, pay up for JJ versus Avian, who has been struggling against big play threats. I like that too. I usually throw about five or six lineups out and I try to vary each one. There's probably going to be a lineup with some of those guys in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, you, Xavier, I, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's he has not. been healthy. So, yeah. He was limited I'm in practice. That today, game though. gets out of hand and then they just kind of, he sits in the second half. Mm-hmm. I like the, I like to find games that are going to be high scoring where both teams are in it. If you can get, four quarters out of the chiefs and bills game i want to be shocked if somehow tries to uh throw in another khalil shakir option which paid off last week when we had him in our dfs lineup and if you hit on a guy like that and he gets a few more a few more targets could be big for you too he's still in that like third like three thousand thirty one hundred in dfs yeah chad said to pour one out for him all right I'll, i'm pouring one out for you also, yeah, I hope you said you're under the weather, so I hope you feel better soon. Uh, Joe and I know the feel. We've been, both been dealing with – we're dealing with something for like over a week. So. I lost 15, 15 pounds in a week. It was crazy. Mic. Can't so. you tell? <clears throat> no. Tell that, George Kill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, but uh, last thing that I want to touch on is – oh, lost 1,000 on Devontae and Kelsey over 50 yards in a game. Yikes. Where Devontae hit in one play and Kelsey had four TDs. 
Yeah. All right. I thought you were just saying because you were sick, you wanted us to pour one out. But yeah, that makes more sense now. <laughs> um, last thing that I that I want to touch on that I want to bring up is just the GoFundMe stuff. Uh, we got about two, a little over two months until Christmas. Uh, about two months until I need to be done collecting the donations for rocking around the four one two. Um, just because I also need time to be able to, you know, get the gifts and stuff. I remember last year, dude, I wasn't able to turn around in my chair. My basement was just filled with boxes from Amazon. I hope the same thing happens this year. If you're not familiar with the mission, the last four years um, around the 412 has collected $20,000 uh, to provide Christmas for families in the Pittsburgh area. Um, so this is year five of doing so. Last year, we raised over $11,000, uh, 30 kids through 13 families. We were able to help provide Christmas for that includes like literally its entirety, you know, gifts, electronics, makeup, arts and crafts, whatever they want for Christmas. They literally put together the list themselves. <clears throat> we also get the family a $100 gift card to be able to provide groceries and be able to cook that holiday meal as well. Um, so that's rocking around the 412. It's our pinned tweet on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, if not, you can literally go to GoFundMe, type in rocking around the 412. The mission is there and you can donate right there as well. Uh, so get involved along with that. Um, I just want to add, we do already have one family. We know we're for sure taken care of. Um, Isla Keen, the daughter of my friend Dalton who passed away, um, is going to be definitely somebody that we take care of. Tyler and I had already talked about that. So, um, you know, in advance, want to thank everybody, um, for their support and generosity through obviously the first four years, but obviously here in year five, yesterday we had a a good amount of donations as well. And uh, this is normally the time of year where it starts to really ramp up. So thanks in advance to everybody. We will also be giving away tons of prizes to those who donate. So look forward to seeing you guys uh, get involved and giving away a bunch of prizes to those that do. So uh, check out that as well. And the link to both of those will actually be in the by uh, or the info for the YouTube. Um, I didn't know that you could do this, but it will as well be there on Apple and Spotify. So other than that, follow us on Twitter at AT412FFshow, and Joe will answer any of your questions. Anything. <laughs> Doesn't have to be about fantasy football. Literally anything. No, but uh, for Smitty, for Drew, for Joe, this has been the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show. We wish you the best of luck this week, unless you happen to be playing against one of us. Uh, but other than that, see you then. Peace. Later. <laughs>